0: You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Whether you've been in business for years or are just getting started, one quote about the book Mastering Patient Flow, written by Elizabeth Woodcock, says you will obtain a wealth of practical, usable information. As practice managers, we tend to forget that getting back to the basics can often be the solution to our practice's problems. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Elizabeth Woodcock, author of Mastering Patient Flow, Using Lean Thinking to Improve Your Practice Operations. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Elizabeth, I've had the pleasure of reading your book, and each page has little kernels of truth that I've been able to use for my practice. So I personally think every physician should read your book. I don't think they will, but... Who is your target audience? Is it the doctor or is it the practice manager or both?
1: Certainly it's both. In fact, I would also suggest that many of the support staff as well within a practice can really gain a lot of valuable information, particularly because they almost always see one function, the function that they're involved with, and they don't see the entire part. And so, indeed, the book is aimed at all of the stakeholders within a medical practice.
0: Can you use the book kind of on a as-needed basis? Like, uh, let's say, oh, you know what, we're having a problem this month with telephones. Let's all focus on the telephone chapter, or should it be read and Toto?
1: Well, it's a great question. I've had people do it either way. And so I think it, it certainly was built to have each chapter be, if you will, a silo so that you could just pick it up and say, I'm having some problem with telephones. Let me go ahead and look in that chapter.
0: How do you think your book differs from all the other practice-managed books out there?
1: Well, certainly that's a great question. Unfortunately for us all, including me, there's not a lot of literature out there around the operations, the real patient flow of a medical practice. You can find dozens about a hospital, but not about a medical practice. And so certainly I think that it's meant to fill that niche in looking at the very, very basic operations, check-in, reception, customer service, telephones, check-out, scheduling, a lot of people overlook them, but I believe if you get back to the basics, you can run a successful practice, successful for the patients, that is.
0: When I do finally finish the book, does that mean I no longer need to hire a consultant that I've gotten my money's worth, or or do I still have to kind of bring someone into make things happen?
1: Well, it's a great question. Uh, again, this is covering really those basic operational processes, not strategic issues like income distribution and other things like that. But certainly the book is meant to almost, well, I'm not going to say replace a consultant, but to give you the ideas to say, oh gosh, here's a great case study about how this neurosurgery practice in Ohio dealt with this particular issue. Because indeed, I tried to pepper throughout the book case pieces of practices that I had seen around the country that were doing things very successfully. But what it cannot replace, whether it's driven internally or some external force like a consultant, is change management. So I lay out the ideas, lay out those basic operational processes, hear how you do it, A, B, and C. But in order to change, you might need some help, either internally or externally.
0: Elizabeth, in my practice, since I own the practice, I I have a little different eye than most of the employees. I'm pretty much the only one looking around for waste. And I try to get others excited about it, but they really have no interest because they don't own the practice. Their income is not affected by looking for waste. So how do you kind of inoculate others to do that?
1: Well, that's certainly a great question as well. In lean thinking, which is what this book is built around, waste is called muta. And certainly, we want to try to eliminate that waste, eliminate that waste, the other thing that lean thinking teaches us, and I feel like is very compelling to support staff, is to say, let's do it for the patient. Well, in lean, it's let's do it for the customer. But when we translate that into our environment, let's eliminate that muta on behalf of the patient. And I think you can get nurses excited about that, medical assistants, receptionists, and everyone who has written about change management says, you know what, once you get the train rolling, the train rolls on its own. So that's what I love about lean and tried to give a bunch of examples about that little type of waste because you know 90% is what's going, not going to be in this book because it's particular to your practice. But if we can help you identify some waste, then that's going to get that train rolling.
0: Tell me a little bit more about MUDA. What does it stand for and how can I identify it?
1: Well, certainly it's actually the Japanese word for waste and is one of the key terms in lean thinking because it really is geared towards eliminating that, eliminating that, eliminating rework, for example. One tiny little thing, tiny little example here is when a medical assistant or nurse rooms a patient for you. And let's say you have her a certain intake or rooming process and your medical assistant follows that. Maybe it's blood pressure, height, weight, whatever it might be. And then when you come into the exam room. You also do the blood pressure, height and weight, maybe the current medications. Well, that actually is waste. The patient doesn't want to have the blood pressure machine cuff put around their arm twice. And you know what? You're actually paying for two people to do it little thing called rework. And so that is one of those little tiny examples that says, you know what? Gosh, if you're paying two people to do it, yourself and a medical assistant, one of you needs to stop doing it. Physicians say, Well I don't trust my MA to do it. Well, then we need to go on to a whole nother set of conversations if that's going to be the answer.
0: Yeah, I'd like my MAs and nurses to do the entire encounter. <laughs> and then just call me call me in and say, Okay, um this patient's ready to go. How did I do? (laughs) Elizabeth, tell me a little bit about the concept value stream.
1: Well, value stream is actually really a process map. So what it is, is it's looking at a process, like how to schedule an appointment, which on the surface seems incredibly simple. I mean, you call, you get the person you need to talk to, and you schedule the appointment. But oh my gosh, we make it so, so hard. In a doctor's office. Not only do you have to call, but you have to call at a certain time. You have to hope you get the right person on the phone. You have to hope the person on the phone understands what you're trying to schedule. You have to hope that we have the scheduling type and the place on the template, the appointment schedule to get you on the books, on and on and on. And so what value streaming, the process is, is to actually look at a map of that process. So that we can try to identify some areas of waste.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Reach MD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskill, and joining me today is Elizabeth Woodcock. She's the author of the book Mastering Patient Flow. Elizabeth, tell me a little bit about what attacking the familiar means.
1: Attacking the familiar is, well, let's just take our appointment scheduling process. That is the familiar. In fact, I would suggest to you that pretty much lots of stuff that go on a physician practice is attacking the familiar. Let me use another good example supplies. When you walk into exam room, you want all the supplies and equipment that you need to help that patient during that encounter to be in the room.
0: That would be nice.
1: Well, that's a good attacking the familiar. Believe you me, it doesn't always happen. Am I right? You are right. So why don't we have a process in place? Something as simple as, and I know this sounds crazy, but an internist that I love working with said, you know, Elizabeth, what I did was I took out a black Sharpie magic marker, I opened the drawers in my exam rooms, and I drew an outline of the equipment, the otoscope, the orthomix scope, everything that I needed to be in that exam room. And so that when I walked in, it was all there. It's mistake-proofing the process in lean terms. That's attacking the familiar. Something so simple, yet something that doesn't work all the time. And it's hurting your relationship with the patient.
0: Elizabeth, in one of the chapters in the book, you talk about a concept known as the PDCA cycle. Can you please help me understand that?
1: Well, PDCA actually stands for Plan, Do, Check, Act. And indeed, it says, let's go ahead and say, what's the plan What's the goal that we need to achieve, and what are the steps necessary to achieve it? What's the do? How are we going to implement those changes? Well, let's check it. Let's analyze those results, and let's act. Okay, if the results were positive, let's go ahead and standardize, stabilize the change, and go ahead and start that cycle again.
0: Elizabeth, I'm I'm familiar with the term brainstorming, but as you do, you, you have some very Cute little terms in your book, and you have the term tristorming and tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, one of the things that we do in a physician's practice, either from a management perspective or a clinical perspective, is we've gotta do a lot of data gathering and research before we implement anything. And so sometimes we have analysis paralysis, in fact, many times. And when it comes to operations, you know what, we have the opportunity because these are things, the flow happens every day, every hour, every minute in a practice. So why not try? So instead of actually sitting in a room and brainstorming for a day or two and then saying, well, let's try these three things, tristorming says, you know, if that receptionist comes up with a great idea that the manager says, gosh, that sounds like a great idea, let's go ask Larry about it. Larry, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's go ahead and try it. Trystorming's just that. Go ahead and try it. You know what? If it fails... No worries. Move on to the next one. And you know what I have to say? In patient flow, if you do not experience failure, you're not trying hard enough.
0: I want to go back to the MA taking blood pressures in the exam room because I find myself always repeating it, and it's always different. And, and some would say you shouldn't even take the blood pressure when the patient first sits down because it's going to be high. And five minutes later, it's going to be normal. And so there's a lot of people diagnosed with high blood pressure out there just because of the workflow of a doctor's office. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, certainly. I actually am coming at this from an administrative perspective, not a clinical. But it makes intuitive sense to me in terms of the nervousness that a patient would be at. But the rework is incredibly important. And perhaps from a clinical perspective, then, even if it's that, well, let's take that two or three-minute break between when the patient enters and when we start checking those, maybe when they undress, after they've had a urine, and then let's go ahead and take those. It sounds like it would be in the clinical best interest of the patient as well.
0: In the book, you talk about another concept, which is known as stopping the line, So what does stopping the line mean?
1: Well, stopping the line, think about how many times in your practice you've encountered something that you're like, this just drives me crazy why are people doing this and everything's so busy everything's so chaotic and so what happens is is the chaos becomes a vicious cycle because we begin to tolerate the little things that don't go all right because it's like oh well i'm sure mary will do that tomorrow or oh yeah, betty i'm sure i'm sure that was a mistake and she'll catch that and so we have all the time over and over again little things that are adding up to create a problem. And so what's stopping the line says, you know what, stop it, let's try something different, and let's go ahead and try it, and I mean in the next hour, and move on like that.
0: On that note, I want to thank our guest very much, Elizabeth Woodcock. I've enjoyed both reading your book and talking with you. Elizabeth is the author of Mastering Patient Flow. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on Reach MD, XM 233 the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com, and thank you for listening.